everybody, welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast for writers by writers. I'm Larissa. And I'm LJ. In our first episode of season two, we're talking about our favorite books, including genres, characters, and our most liked tropes to grace its pages. We're going to bring back some topics we've discussed before, how only certain fantasy books make us keep reading, the right amount of romance in a book, and the ups and downs of science fiction world building. You can follow us on Instagram at larissagalt.author and l.j.elizabeth. This episode contains swearing and mentions of gore. It's the first time your username has changed. That's that's the new username change. I'm gonna have to Woo-hoo! get used to. I'm gonna have to get used to that because I'm so used to LJ underscore rights with two S's. And, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't uh, have the same ring to it. It doesn't, but you know, I, I I decided a little a little change was in in the making and in the works. So uh, we've got that <laughs> updated. So we're gonna ignore the fact that all of my all of my the two books that I have have my old username in it. But oh well. <laughs> that's okay. We'll figure out that part later, but here we are. Season two. Here we are. I'm so excited. This is our first time recording in 2024. Yeah. And it's almost the end of January, too. Like. Oh my gosh. Ew. Yeah. The end of January is tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Trust me, I am in the same boat. Oh my gosh. It was January, oh like the beginning of January, like, I don't know. See, I see, I got sick ago. at the beginning of the new year, so my whole, like, the first week of January is just gone for me. Like, nothing happened, because I was sick, and I was like, it's 2024, and now I'm here, and I'm not sick, and oh boy, <laughs> it's the end of January. <laughs> yeah, I have just gotten over being sick. You can probably still hear it in my voice, there's a little bit of a thing there but um <laughs> yeah i was sick of a break too at some point if not like totally sick i was just like zonked out mm-hmm. my immune system has just been shot recently and in the past like four months i've gotten sick like five times oh dang which yeah. is literally unheard of for me i have mm-hmm. all my life since i was like eight i because i was sick a lot when i was seven and eight so once I stop being sick a lot, I have literally <laughs> only ever gotten sick um, when fall changes to winter. Mm. Ever. Like, well, other than the times I got COVID and the flu. Yeah. Once. And that was it. But so I'm not having a good time right now. <laughs> oh, that's understandable, dude. As that was why someone... we uh, skipped an episode in season one was because I had COVID and, you know, that was fun. So now we are back on our bullshit. And so, <laughs> Back on so excited. Regular bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so excited. Um, a lot of stuff, well, not a lot of stuff, but a few things have changed behind the scenes just on, like, how we're running episodes, how we're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are changes for the better. And we are so, so, so excited to kick off the second season with you guys. Yeah. Very small um, thing. We were just talking about it. How we name our episodes because we have two seasons now. Uh huh. We could do S two E one, so season two, episode one, or we could do two dot one. I guess we'll see what happens when we publish this episode. Mm hmm. But uh, if you guys have thoughts, tell them because we love hearing your guys' thoughts. Oh yeah. Uh, for season two, we have we had a brainstorming session maybe like two weeks ago, something like that. And so we have episodes planned through just about half a year. 
and we already have a guest lined up. We are so, so, mm-hmm. so excited about it. So thrilled, actually. I'm like, I literally can't wait. Oh, I'm stoked. Like, I, I can't <laughs> I wait. I literally can't wait. I want to record it, like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's super exciting. So I'm I'm really happy with the, the changes we've made. And I, you know, we'll, 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 I just think it'll be a really fun season, too. So... I don't know. As always, if you guys have ideas and things you want to see, we still have the other half of the year to fill up as well. So we are more true. than open to suggestions and stuff you want to see or people you want us to talk with and all that fun stuff because, well, we also need ideas sometimes too. So <laughs> yes, we do. Today we are doing top 10. Top 10. Top 10. Always top a good, 10. always a good idea. Books? So today we're doing books. Mm-hmm. Top 10 books. Larissa was so kind, and because, so we've explained this before, Larissa writes the scripts and I edit the episodes, and Larissa was so kind to list almost every single of all, of, like, every single favorite book of my hand, like, from from memory? I don't know. I don't know how you did it, but Mostly. you listed almost, I think you, you missed, like, two books, maybe three. Um, yeah, I got, like, seven. That you got a whole bunch of them, and I was impressed, because I opened up the document when, right when we were starting recording, I was like, I didn't put these in here, and then there were all all of my favorite books. I was like, oh, okay, look at that. So Larissa knows me a little too well, um, but that is what we're going over. We're going a little bit over like some of our favorite books, uh, some genres, some stuff we like to see in books, you know, all, all that, all that fun stuff. So what just like, I don't know, we'll, we'll ease right into it. What kind of books do you like? Well, I think everybody on this podcast knows that I like romance books. Um, what? We've talked about it. <laughs> In length. News By length. to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely definitely lots of romance novels. Historic, contemporary, you know, any kind of flavor. Uh, we have discussed sports romances on this mm-hmm. podcast before and how I dislike them because I don't <laughs> like sports. Um, however, since we um, last talked about this, um, one of my favorite celebrities in the world, Taylor Swift. I knew you I'm were going to bring her up. Full blown. <laughs> I <laughs> knew it. You as really? Soon as, as soon as you said, um, I was like, she's going to bring up Taylor Swift and Travis <laughs> Kelsey, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Sue me. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I, I'm so, not a, a Swifty myself, but I do appreciate her music. So, um. Thank you very much. Thank I'm you very fine. much. Actually, I, I have... You guys don't know this, um, but I did make Lonnie a giant list of Taylor Swift songs mm-hmm. that relate to each of her characters and why. Yeah. And <laughs> I started making a playlist on Spotify before it occurred to me that you don't use Spotify. Um, so I didn't ever give you the link. It, whatever. That's fair. But <laughs> I'm going to break your heart and say that I do actually use Spotify, but I just don't pay for it. So you can send me the link. That's how I listen to podcasts. I know, but like... <laughs> But, like, you can't listen to it in order. You have to oh, put it on shuffle. yes. Fair, fair. And so, anyway, I'm I'm attempting to convert, but it will probably be a losing battle, so I'm not fair. too caught up about it. It's fair. It's okay. <laughs> you like the music you like, I like the music I like, and most of the music I like is Taylor Swift. Fair. So, all that to say, um, <laughs> she's now dating Travis Kelsey, the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm surprised I remember that. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. My dad had to explain to me what a tight end was, but I remember it, so. I'm still proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
I couldn't tell you exactly what a tight end was now, but I did know previously. Um, so that's what he does. And he is going to the Super Bowl. Uh, last I checked against mm-hmm. the 49ers. Yep. And I only know that because they went together previously. Yeah, so she attends his games. There have been pictures, very adorable pictures. And so when they just won the AFC championship? Uh, Question mark on the AFC. Yeah, I know football, but not enough about football to tell you whether it's AFC or uh, not, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Okay, thanks. Uh, For any non-football people, uh, there's different divisions, and they split the teams up into different divisions, and so that's how they basically... um, pyramid who plays against who in the playoffs so they won the championship game which means they're going to the super bowl and so when they bring the family down onto the field taylor went with them you know her and travis hugged and kissed and whatever and um it was just very cute the all the pictures are just so freaking adorable and i've seen comments that are like this is so sports romance novel of them and like taylor actually has a song about a football player um i think i did i think it's fictional I think it's on Fearless, I think. I don't wouldn't know that. I'm not, a, I'm not a Fearless girly. So, okay. I don't know. Which was her second album, in case you were wondering. So, I said that to say, I promised Lonnie I wouldn't yap too much. And here I am yapping. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, I said that to say, if I was presented with a sports romance novel, football-wise, that was reminiscent enough... Of Taylor and Travis, I might give it. A, I might give it a go. Just saying. I was about to say you explained football very well for someone who did not like sports. So, <laughs> just because um, I don't I'm like it doesn't saying. mean I don't understand it. <laughs> fair. I fair. understand plenty. I just think it's silly. <laughs> oh, okay. So fair. So fair. <laughs> um, I mean, football's a cool sport. Objectively, you know, it's cool. But it's just too complicated for me. <laughs> it's not really. And my dad is every time I say this, my dad's always like, "Well, I could like really like like if you watched the game with me, like I could explain everything to you, and you know, I could tell you all the things you don't know." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't know if I care enough to retain it. So it yeah. would just be like a cycle of constantly telling me things and not remembering them." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, "So I appreciate it, and I love you, but..." I don't want you to be frustrated because you already told me the thing and then I, you know. Yeah. Don't remember what it is. Case yeah. in point, I don't know what a tight end is right now, so, you know. <laughs> don't worry. I am a football fan and I couldn't even tell you what a tight end does. See, I, I just know, know that Gronk used to play it for the Patriots, so. I See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I know what quarterbacks do, and I know what tight ends do, and I know what offense and defense does, and how you have to get the ball from one end to the other. That's, that's all you need. That's about it. You don't need anything else. That's it. That's football in a um, nutshell. Pretty much. Uh, but that's what sports romances have the relevancy to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will say, there have been books that I have enjoyed that don't have any romance in them, and it's actually one of my all-time favorite books, so we will talk about it. Ooh. But I also like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, not like super, super sci-fi, but I will tolerate it. Um, fantasy only if I'm in a very specific mood. Yeah. And you are the same way. And we will also talk about that. How are yep. we first? Sounds you nice. also like I like I, I I like I like a lot of those. Those are very nice. I I the only one I don't 
I like objectively, oh my god, I can't even start a sentence. Objectively, I like all books, but I don't really read like straight romance books. Like, like just the contemporary romance, just Fair. that is not something that really holds my attention. But I tend to pick out more books like how I like my movies, like action, mysteries, thrillers, yeah. um, like spy novels, like gotta, gotta love a specific <laughs> breaking free. Um, <laughs> Because spy novels is just all the range. And, I forgot to mention like, action. Because like, yeah, duh. action is action is kind <laughs> of hard to find specifically in books. It's often like yeah. action adventure type stuff, which is both. I love also adventure books, but like I really like like those. I'll I'll take contemporary if it's mixed with one of those. Like, yes. um, I do I do enjoy a good historical novel sometimes too. I've got one of those on my on one of my favorite book lists, but um. But it's really, it's really just like the mystery, the, 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 the action, the thrillers, like, you know, all that fun stuff is what gets it. I, I'll go for a good Western every now and then. And I like, mm -hmm. I like sci-fi and fantasy. I, uh, I like sci-fi more than I like <laughs> fantasy, but both of, both of those, I have to be, like you said, like kind of in a mood to read it. In sci-fi, I have to be like able to sit down and understand like what's going on or be able to deal with the amount of world building that's in there. So, and fantasy is, I like specific fantasy books, not a... Not a whole ton of them, but I do I have like some good ones. Mm-hmm. I like the Grisha verse. Yeah, my favorite ones in that whole series are probably probably King of Scars. And I don't think you've read that one. I have not. I haven't read the the last duology. I've read the yeah. first trilogy, the the Shadow and Bone trilogy, and then the Six of Croats duology, but I haven't read King of Scars or Rule of Wolves, which I've been really oh, need my to. Gosh. But um Dude, you're missing out. I know they're so good. I know. I just they are ugh. so good. It's it's it's, I, it's on my metaphor my metaphorical and literal <laughs> list. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Six of Crows is awesome. Mm -hmm. I do really like it. Um, but King of Scars is just like. <sighs> yeah, I know. I've heard incredible things. I will defend um, the trilogy, the original trilogy, against anyone. Like literally anyone that that trilogy, it it seems a lot more juvenile than the other books, mm -hmm. and people f tend to say you know like oh it's her first it was her first uh, you know novels it was the first in the series and it's in first person and then the other books are first person and yada yada and I'm like okay but objectively speaking, the narrator, a sixteen year old girl. Mm -hmm acting like a 16 year old girl <laughs> you're not gonna get super mature things right like yeah kaz and the gang right in six of crows they're like 17 18 but none of them are <laughs> they run i mean look at the kind of characters they are yeah they're a lot more mature mm -hmm. and you know the things that they've gone through um and their plot is a lot different Mm -hmm. and it's third person and then you have king of scars and rule of wolves which if you haven't read it um basically brief history of greece first you have the original trilogy which features alina mm -hmm. 16 years old um you have characters nikolai who's the prince um and zoya who is another grisha um the two of them are in the original trilogy they're the protagonists of King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, 
you have Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, which occurs three years after the original trilogy does. King of Scars happens relatively soon after Crooked Kingdom. So yeah. you have this progression and the switching of the ages. And so by now, I think Nikolai in the original trilogy was like 18, 19, 20. Yeah, so you think about three or three or four years later, he's mid twenties. So yeah. is Zoya, and Babies. I mean, not really plot spoilers because like most people know this. Um, he's king now, so mm-hmm. he's ruling this whole country after several several years of unrest after the civil war in Ravka. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to contend with lots of things. Um, so you're gonna have a different level of maturity. You don't have as much of a romance in Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom as you do in the original trilogy. You kind of return to that level of romance in King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. Um, But it's not like super, super prevalent. It's just like, it's, I almost want to call it a subplot, but it's too important to be called a subplot. (laughs) Because it motivates both of them to the point that it's, you know. Yeah, but those books are just so, so amazing. the original trilogy, I would say Ruin and Rising is my favorite one of those, of the original trilogy. And yeah. the Six of Crows duology, it's definitely Six of Crows that's my favorite. Oh, yeah, for sure. Six of um, Crows because is... Because every, everyone's alive in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me taking my B-reel in the middle of us recording. Um, Literally same. <laughs> I, I was trying to find a way to, like, do that. And, yeah, so... uh. We took my be real in the middle of recording. <laughs> it's anyway. Anyway, yeah, no, Six of Crows is definitely my favorite. I mean, I haven't read King of Stars or Rule of Wolves yet, but so maybe my opinion will change once we once we get to that point. Yeah. But for right now, it's definitely, definitely Six of Crows. I think it's it's just like oh, it was such an incredible book when I first read it, and that I was like this is this is all I need. Plus, this is one of the very few fantasy books that I actually do enjoy. Cause yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just hard for me to get into fantasy. Nothing against it, just hard for me to get into it. And but this was just such a good mix of fantasy with everything else that I was like, this is yes. this is how I want all fantasy to be, or all yes, the fantasy that exactly. I read to be. Like, exactly. oh, it was it's just incredible, and the characters are my favorite i have a unnatural attachment to kaz and kaz and inej um, <laughs> oh i can't say those with my retainers in inej <laughs> and so they're just oh they're just i love them and oh, they're the cutest thing that i've ever seen so i love six of crows same here yeah kaz and mm-hmm. inej are just just gorgeous um yeah. liking them is i would not change it for the world oh they're for amazing. sure um out of all of the Grishaverse ships, though, it, it's sacrilegious, I know, but Kanej is not my top in my top three. I won't fault you for that, but it's not even in the top some three. people will. Okay, it that's is a top five. Time. Okay, it is good. top five. Who's your top then? Top three. Melina is definitely the top choice. Okay, the fair. first choice. Fair. Um, and Zoyali is number two. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikolai and Zoya. Um, because they just, something about their, I mean, if you haven't read King of Scars, not just you, but, like, the general you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't read King of Scars, like, you have to, like, for them, because the entire duology, and Nina is in it a lot, Mm -hmm. also, 
Um, she's the other side of the narrative. Um, and her shenanigans. <laughs> she's a silly goose. But anyway, Nikolai and Zoya have to rule a country and fix a country. Mm-hmm. And fix the, basically, fracture that is the relationship between the monarchy and the Grisha. Mm-hmm. Um, all while trying not to fall in love with each other. Of course. Of course, they can't But they have to that. work together every single day. And he needs a queen, like, desperately. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want one. Mm-hmm. And they, they quote-unquote, try not to fall in love with each other. And so you have... I don't usually enjoy plots that have such a vast amount of politics mm-hmm. um, in them. But those two books balance it so incredibly well oh. with romance and just humanity in general. Things that are very common in today's world mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to deal with. And that's why I love them and those two books so, so, so much. They're the only Grishaverse books I have in a hardcover. Oh. Because mm-hmm. they came out relatively recently. And so I didn't want to wait to buy them. Oh, fair. <laughs> so, so the fair. hardcovers are so gorgeous. They're um, King of Scars is black with gold foiling, and Rule of Wolves is red with silver foiling, Ooh. and they're like the prettiest books I own. Oh, um, I read both so of nice. them like twice, fair. at least. Yeah. So yeah, so Zoyali is my second one, and then I think I would have to say Helmick is my third, which is okay. Maria Salvar and Nina Senek. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just love them so much, and totally not because Callahan Scogman I think is one of the hottest men that exists <laughs> on this planet. No, he's very good looking. He is very good looking. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, and Nina too. Oh my God, I love her mm-hmm. to pieces. Um. So yeah, so four and five probably in no particular order because I literally can't decide is either Wesper or Kanesh like. There are four and five, just like period. Yeah. Doesn't matter what order you put them in, but they're just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tamara and Nadia are like also really, really awesome though. <laughs> like yeah. their goals. Mm-hmm. And then so now I can't decide because and then you have David and Jenya. Like, mm-hmm. hello. <clears throat> oh my god. Oh my god. I can't even rant to you about that because you haven't read that book. I oh my god. Now you're they're stressing. Yeah. I'm a little stressing. That's I don't fair. want to scare you, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately, I think I know what happens. Um, I think I got it spoiled for me, so... But I am very much looking forward to reading all of them, so... We'll see. We'll see We'll see if the spoil was correct, because at this point, I don't, actually don't remember. <laughs> but, I don't know. I... Kanesh is top for me. Love Kaz and Inez. And then, I'm not gonna lie... Like, okay, love... Nina and, um, oh god, I blanked on his name right now. Matthias. Matthias, thank you. Um, I swear I read the books, I just blanked on his name. (laughs) I love Nina and Matthias, but they are number three. Jesper and Wyland are number two for me. They are- Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, I think this maybe, maybe rankings will change once I read, like, King of Scars and Rule of Wolves, like, um, like, because I liked the original trilogy, but I don't really care about Mal and Lena. Like, 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 they That's were good. Fair. I think they were great. I, like, I think they are good shift. Yeah, they're, they're, good they're ship, scars, but... too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I, I like them, but, like, I wasn't like, oh my god, this romance is incredible type of thing. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad they're together, but that's about how I feel about it. But, no. I it... think it's really cool in, like, the context of their plot. And oh, their, for sure. Their, yeah. um, their history together. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think it's a very tender 
relationship. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. But, oh, yeah, no, that was pretty much it. But just love, love Nina and Matthias, but they're number three for me. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Wyland and That's Jessica. Okay. They're, they're, oh, yeah, well, they're incredible. Good. I will never get over the description of their first kiss. Mm-hmm. With Jesper's like the fireworks mm-hmm. and like how his brain is just always so busy and then just it's like it's completely silence. Oh, and I'm like, ah, I love ah! it. I can't get enough. It's incredible. Love it. Just all Leo Barduo's writing. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Mwah. We love that woman so much. We do. We love her. She is coming out with a historical romance. Ooh. Oh, really? Ooh. I don't remember what century it is, but it is. I want to say sometime in the Renaissance, it's set in Spain, mm. and it is so interesting. I'm so excited about it. But yeah. the only other fantasy book that I have read and really, 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 really loved is Dangerous Secrets, and it's like a prequel story for Anna and Elsa's parents, and I've talked oh. about it before. So if anybody is like wants a soft launch into fantasy, I would recommend something like that. Okay. Because that's like, you know, you have some background information, especially if you've seen the Frozen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the romance in it is really sweet. It's like it's not like adult like adult, but mm-hmm. it's like they are adults. So gotcha. as they grow up together. Um so there there's like some serious elements and it has a lot of stakes because of, you know, their positions in life. Absolutely. Cuz Agnar is a prince, soon to be king, and she's not just untitled and you know, a peasant basically. Mm-hmm. But she's secretly Northaldra, who the people Ooh. believe killed the the other king. Ah, so there's a whole dramatic, thing. and that's where Elsa gets her powers from. All this stuff, and so it's it's very very good. I recommend it. Um, yeah. But moving away from romance, or not romance, moving away from fantasy, mm-hmm. we can. Let's, now let's, let's move ha- into sci-fi. That's uh, that's what I was gonna say because I actually I just I just read an announcement and Lee actually texted it to me as well that Amy Kaufman, one of my favorite authors of yes, ooh, yes, yes. two of my favorite book series, The Illuminae Files and The Aurora Cycle, is coming out with a new sci-fi or is working on a new sci-fi <gasps> story, and I am. Let me tell you, when I say The Illuminae Files is one of the most mind-blowing books I've ever, or like series I've ever read, not only in story, like, and plot-wise, but physically just how the book is laid out, because those are one of the, that's one of the books where it, like, it's, it's like almost mixed media kind of deals, like the story is told between, like, documents and emails and, like, text files, and, and I really wanted to take it with me, but my sister had the second book and I can't bring it up, I can't bring it up to school, so that's sucked but i was rereading it over break and i mean like this is like a a 500 page chunk of a book like it's a huge book and i think i read it like two days before i went to school because i just uh, i love it and one of the the other cool thing is like they have all of this like mixed media type of storytelling but then they also just use like visually appealing stuff like i don't know how to describe it super well audibly like 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 it's not going to translate well over a podcast but um if you get the book you'll see it they do they do they they do a scene where there's like fighter pilots in space like going and fighting one of the things you know you'll read it in the book but what they do is it's like a two-page spread and all of the all of the like the the quotes from those fighter pilots like in mid-battle are spread out like in chunks along the page like one of them is like vertical being like like mayday mayday yada 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 and the other one is 
like running like like vertically and it's like you know man down man down or whatever and it's 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 like um you know those like i don't even know how to describe it you know those like word chunks where you would type in like a certain word or you would type in one word a specific amount of times and it would show up bigger on like on yeah. the thing like a word cloud or something like that it's almost yeah, like yeah. that and it's just it's some that of the so coolest cool. things so the illuminate files it's technically by amy kaufman and jay Kristoff. so both of them together um they also both wrote the aurora cycle so love love that series especially the illuminate files oh my god i could talk about that for years me and lee have been talking about it quite a bit after we both found out <laughs> that we were like big fans of it we were like oh my god you like the illuminate files and i was like yes so I don't know how you guys it. didn't know that sooner. I think because, we did, I mean, like, and then just I've never known. actually, and, like, just never actually recognize <laughs> it, because I swear, I swear I've talked to her about it before, and then I just must have forgot, because I was like, ugh, and then, yeah, <laughs> so, a new Amy Kaufman book? I don't know. I'm that super excited, That would be though. epic. So. That would be so cool. Those are probably my two favorite sci-fi, but then I also really, really enjoyed reading The Martian by Andy Weir? Wire? I don't know how to say his last name. I have no idea. But The Martian was incredible. That's actually how, like, The Martian is how I'm styling uh, the current web that I'm working on. So, gotta love it. <laughs> but anyway, what about you? Sci-fi? Hit me. Um, Sci-fi-wise, I actually don't think I have a favorite book. Okay, fair. I, it's just kind of like a genre that exists that I'll read, but I don't have, like, a set, you know, repertoire, if mm-hmm. you will of sci-fi books that i've read so fair um i have been meaning to get into the aurora cycle mm-hmm. um i have the first one. Oh yes aurora rising there's three books in that right yeah it's aurora yeah rising aurora burning and aurora falling i believe i think i might mm-hmm. have gotten those out of order but i believe the third one is falling um I actually haven't read the third one because I think we just talked about this. But when yeah, when I did. started reading the Aurora Cycle, there was only the two books, and so then by the time the third one got out, I haven't remembered what happened in the first two. Um, so I actually do need to read the third one. So I'm a little bit of a liar, but that's okay. <laughs> but it, it the first two are incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I've had the first one for like a year, maybe mm-hmm. over two, you know, definitely longer than that. But yeah, I just haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, but like it's very closely related to sci-fi is dystopian. Yes, which is amazing. And I think we both shared the Untouchable trilogy as, oh, some, as one of our favorite dystopian. I love ever. Untouchable. Oh, right. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, MC, who is our lovely uh, name dropped, mentioned person, very frequently. Mm-hmm. We need to get back on that, by the way. We really do. That's um, a fun bit. I like that a lot. She <laughs> has written three dystopian novels the third of which comes out this year um i think that's public knowledge that it comes out this year if not uh forget i said that <laughs> and i'll cut um, it out just let me know but uh <laughs> no yeah it's there's not a release date for it yet but i'm pretty sure it's like understood that it's coming out this year gotcha. uh, the first two are out there's a hardcover for both of them mm. um i own the hardcover for the first one Wait, is there a hardcover for a table? Oh, actually, I think it's just the first one. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I have right. I have paperback in both. Yeah, me too. And then I have a hardcover for the first one because I'm a psycho. <laughs> can't more than one copy. Anyway, um, so fair. Funny story about Untamable. I beta read it and then I bought myself the paperback and I started reading that. 
with the intention of annotating it, and I did, and then I lost it for Ouch. a while. It was yeah. a painful while. And then I had this kid over at my house, my cousin, and her and my sister were rummaging in this basket in my living room that had, like, games in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a pretty big basket. And yeah. it just had, like, card games, you know, board games, stuff like that. And so, you know, kids, as they do, just, like, take out the whole, like, everything. For look sure. For something that they want. And so she just found a, a book at the bottom of the basket, and she holds it up, and she's like, whose book is this? I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> that's <My> mine! <laughs> So she's my favorite, uh, by the way, because um, she found it for me. Yeah. And so now it's on my shelf, looking very cute. So, yeah. So cute. And Unforgettable, which is the third book, is literally going to break your whole heart. Oh, I'm into a so scared, pieces. but so excited. And then oh my God. it's going to put it back together oh. with some pretty good super glue. And there might be a few pieces missing, but... You will have the time of your life. Oh my god, I can't it. wait. I, I just finished wait. reading it like a week ago. Ugh. It is just sublime. I'm I'm so excited. I think it's the best work ever. I I like of MCs. I think the third one is the best. Oh man. I see I really, really loved the second book. The second book loved Untouchable, but Untamable was incredible. Mm-hmm. I was blown mm-hmm. away by Untamable. I'm telling um, you, Unforgettable. Okay. Okay. I I I am I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. <laughs> it, it I mean, MC, this isn't a dig to Untouchable or Untamable, but Unforgettable oh, sure. like, blew them out of the water. Oh boy! Literally, yes. I was yes. so stunned. So oh, stunned. Yes. I actually I posted a few weeks ago just like a bunch of my comments. Oh yeah, I saw those. Those I were love great. Being a hype woman and uh, free marketing <laughs> for her. Um so if you want to go to Instagram and see that post of mine because it's really freaking hysterical. Um yeah. Yeah, we both love those. Yeah. I do have to I didn't write it down, but I do have to g- give a good honorable mention for dystopian specifically to the Maze Runner. When I read the Maze Runner oh, the yes. Maze Runner in ooh, a couple years ago, I was really impressed. Um, really, really loved it, and it's probably my favorite dystopian series. So I wouldn't call it like my favorite favorites, like like enough to call it my favorite books, but I did really, really enjoy it. So that's that's always a good one. But I didn't technically write it down, so I won't talk too much about it. But <laughs> love it. Plus, I mean, Dylan oh, O'Brien in the movies—you you, you gotta love them. So all oh, good. Yeah, I um, yeah, I've I've thought about reading those, and I've you know thought about reading the Hunger Games and. Um, oh, I also recommend the Hunger Games. Hunger Games and Maze Runner are probably tied for favorite. They're. Oh, I need to read the most recent Hunger Games stuff because I haven't yet. But I have not had a lot of time for reading recently. But it's. Oh, yeah, they're me neither. So they're so good. They're so good. Divergent is the other one that I haven't read, but I have seen all the movies for Divergent and mm. Hunger Games. I like them. Yeah, I love the era of two thousands. Oh, uh, oh yeah, movies. so good. So they good. They are just immaculate, and we need to bring them back. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Also, the spy movies in the early 2000s and early 2010s. Oh, yeah. Just hit different. I, I mean, the entire they Bourne so series. Different. Love the Bourne series. I rewatched the first <laughs> one the other day when I was on an airplane, and oh, my God. So, such good. So, such good? No, so good. <laughs> I, um, what is this one movie that I was thinking of? Um... His name, what is his name, what is his name, it's gonna come to me. <laughs> guy that was in the vampire, the Twilight. Robert Joe. Pattinson? No, the other guy. The guy who plays Jacob? Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner, there we go. 
Thank you. And it's actually pronounced, it's not pronounced Lautner. I just remember the correct way to pronounce it. Um, yeah, so there's this 2000s movie with Taylor Lautner and is it abducted? I want to say, huh? Is it abducted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, I've heard of it. I've yeah. heard of it. I, um, I haven't watched I it. I want to say it. it's Lily something. I genuinely don't, I, I have a face in my head, but whatever. So it's a spy movie. Uh-huh. Um, he basically, out of nowhere, finds his face on a um, missing person's website. Oh, boy. And, um, you know, for a school project. And he just, like, stumbles upon it. And, yeah. So shenanigans ensue. Of course. It's really amazing. And Ooh. so I watched it almost against my will, but, like, I surrendered. <laughs> so technically not. And... So I watched it a while ago, and after I finished watching it, I was like, you know, if Breaking Free is ever made into a movie, not a TV show, Mm -hmm. a movie, I need it to be in the style of the cringe 2000s spy movies. Oh, yes. Because that book, Breaking Free, technically speaking, is set in 2008. Heck yeah. And that, like, we need to keep the spirit. Of course. Because, yeah. I realized the other day that... Like, the ages of my characters, like, mm-hmm. if they were alive, like, right now, and their birthday, it's, like, in canon. I was like, wait a second. Like, here, like, here. I was like, ugh. <laughs> They'd be a little anyway. old. They would be a little old. Um, <laughs> especially Alec. That surprised me. I was like, <gasps> How old would he be? I'm, I'm blanking on his birthday um, right now. I think he was born in 92. In canon. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, it's a little... Not old, old, but a little old. So yeah, he'd be twenty three plus eight, whatever. Older than us, at least. So, (laughs) so in his (laughs) thirties. Disgusting. Disgusting. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Moving Moving on. on. Um, romance wise, I have to share my favorite romance. Of course, of course. Um, The American Remade Experiment by Mm -hmm. Elena Armas. Okay. Um, that was her second book that she published. She has since published a third one and is on track to publish a fourth eventually. Beautiful. Yeah. The American Remade Experiment is... Oh my gosh. It's technically the second in a series, but you don't really have to read it to understand the second one. Okay. You're just not going to know the history of the background couple, because the main couple in book one is the background couple in book two. Gotcha. How that works. Um, <laughs> but it's fabulous. This Spanish Love Deception is the first one, mm-hmm. and that is very... I don't want to say controversial, but, like, you either like it or you hate it. Okay, fair. So, love it or you hate it. So, you have strong feelings against that book. I strongly encourage that you try the second one. Okay. Because I like the second one a lot better. Um, Never Rescue a Rogue is another romance one. That one is Regency. You've recommended that one to me quite a few times, and I need to get to it, and I just haven't. That one's pretty good. I, I recommend the American Roommate Experiment over the other one. But yeah, Never Rescue Rogue. That is also book two. I have a thing for book twos. <laughs> um, I can I tell. Really do. You're, you're going to see this uh, in the next book too. But uh, Never Rescue Rogue is basically, um, it's part of a trilogy on this these sisters, these three sisters. And so Never Rescue Rogue is on the second sister, on the middle child, mm. a.k.a. I am the middle child. Of course. Um, <laughs> and said middle child is a writer and publisher. Ooh. And she is, her family knows this, but what they don't know is that these smack talk pieces, basically exposing pretty rich, affluent people in their social circles, 
for the controversies that they should be exposed for. Like, bad things that they've done. And stuff like that. So she basically ruins the reputation of people whose reputations deserve to be ruined. But nobody knows it's her. So it's a little bit like... What's the word I'm looking for? Lady Whistledown style of work. Yeah. If you're familiar with Bridgerton. Not quite. Um, But so basically... The male protagonist in that one. The two of them don't really like each other, but he has a secret that he needs to keep. But he needs to find out more about it for himself. And so he knows she's great with investigative journalism. He's like, I know we don't like each other, but like, will you please help me? And she's like, sure, I'll keep your secret, but you gotta do this and, you know, all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. obviously there's a romance that comes from it. For sure. Um, The Bell of Belgrave Square um, is another book, too, that I love. Um, there's a series called Bells of London, and loosely, and only thematically, it's, like, based off Disney characters. Okay. Sort of, kind of. Just, like, loose inspiration and thematic stuff. Yeah. So, um, the first one, I don't know if you would call that Cinderella or not. I don't think so. The first one is called The Siren of Sussex, and that is a cross-racial and cross-class, like a cross, like a class difference, Mm -hmm. romance that's very, very sweet, very adorable. Um, And Bell of Belgrave Square is equal parts hilarious and cute as, (laughs) like, steamy. And Ah. it's not, like, in your face, in your face, but, like, it's there and it's Mm -hmm. just, like, delightful. It's um, Marriage of Convenience is the name of the game. I see. Uh, there's also lots of secrets in there, too, and <laughs> it's just so delightful, and the, uh, I can't, I can't stop raving about those books, like, so yeah, I have a thing for book twos. So fair. Alright? Sumi, they're amazing. Um, I have read the first one of The Bells of London, I have not read the first one of The Marywell Sisters, but <laughs> I need to. But I've been waiting for the third one of Bells of London to come out, because... Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. And we have some other ones. Some other uh, mystery things. Yeah. I can't like. say I have any favorite romance books. Not not my style. I like romance as a subplot, <laughs> but, and a lot of my books no, have those. Not but fair. Not mystery, fair. mystery is good. You can call them old classic mystery, and then there were none by Agatha Christie. Iconic. I'm so excited that. It's, it's a little old, so I don't always remember how well it fits with the current times, but I do recommend it. <laughs> I do recommend it, because it is very good. It is like your classic mystery, like, straight up, like, it's, it's, uh, if you know anything about Agatha Christie, like, that's, that's just it. So, I read it for school, and I stand by it was, it is one of the very few, probably three books for school that I did read and actually enjoy reading in school, so, um, that one is... That one is that one is fantastic. Um, and then I also grew up reading like the whole old like nineteen sixties uh, Hardy Boys trilogy by Franklin W. Dixon, which I'm pretty sure I found out like actually had most of his books ghost written after a certain point. So um, I actually don't know if they were all written by Franklin W. Dixon, but don't quote me on that because at this point I can't remember. Um, but like all the old old like old Hardy Boys series grew up on it like my grandpa had a whole bunch of the books that he gave to me and so I read them and they're just I mean I grew up on them so Frank and Joe Hardy have like a special place in my heart 
um, that kind of, I think, I credit towards really, really enjoying mysteries. So um, they have some, like, modern stuff as well, which is pretty good, but, like, the old Hardy Boys is always the best. So, and then, actually, something that you might enjoy, which I don't know if you've read, but there is a, there is a historical mystery um, book called Ripper uh-huh. by, I'm gonna butcher his name, mm. but I'm pretty sure it's Stefan Petrusha. Uh, maybe Petrusha, Petrusha, probably. I have no idea if I'm butchering your name. I'm so sorry. Um, but it's actually about the, it's actually about Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Twins. And, and Jack the Ripper and, oh crap, what was that? Like the Pinkerton, like spy. The what? Pinkerton? Uh, is it Pinkerton? Yeah, I think it is. Um, like the, like the yes. old, old, old spy. Yeah, Victorian. Yeah, so it's like 18s, 1880s, or he was active around yeah, then, 1890s, I believe. So it's it's a little, it's it's a little, it's it's still YA, so it's not super big, but it's a little, I mean, it's about a serial killer, so um, <laughs> you take it to a will, so it's got a couple trigger warnings in there that you should probably be careful with if you want to read it, but it's a very, very good book. I've probably read that book the most. Um, don't know why I just really like it. I really like the the narrator and the main character. Plus, it had a phenomenal had a phenomenal twist in it because there's there's one part there's one part that you figure out fairly early, and I will say is pretty easy to guess. Like like I figure I I read I read that part and I was like oh okay yeah I I guess that I could guess that that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Like no explaining necessary. Mm-hmm. And then they flip it on its head during the end. Like, it's absolutely insane. So it's probably one of the best books books I've ever read. Ripper is probably my second favorite book. And the incredible holding of my title for favorite book slash book series ever and mystery is the Natural series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Oh my god. I just re-got, I re-got the book, um, the whole book series for Christmas. And I am rereading it right now. And it is incredible. It is also also about serial killers. Can you tell I'm a criminal justice major? (laughs) And actually, it's a whole ton of like, it's a little bit of sci-fi and fantasy, I'll say. Like a little bit of like, more like, like low, 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 low fantasy. I think it's more like just some magic and stuff. Just a bit. But... Uh, incredible book series about like a group of kids who profile essentially, which is or have different levels of profiling for the FBI. Ugh, um, I love that, and it's incredible. Like they all have different things. Again, will say check trigger warnings because I haven't read the book in a long time, but it is about serial killers and it does get a little graphic. I think in the last book, I believe, and they have a thing where like it's it's. I mean, there are some point of view point of views from serial killers, which is a little creepy at times. I huh, will say, that's a so, but it's so it's so neat. It's so cool. I swear, I'm not well, crazy. Guess, um, yeah, no, because the way this it, it it not going without explanation, but the way that these two characters profile. Oh, it's so cool. It's actually. Mm, that's technically a spoiler but the way these two the the way these two characters they're both profilers and the way that they get is that the guy tries to step into because i don't know how to explain profiling in any like simple fashion but it's a a way of like trying to figure out um way to try to figure out who like who is committing crimes and stuff like that by like actually i do have an idea Mm -hmm. they you basically look at key factors of the case like you Mm -hmm. look at the mo which is, you know, modus operandi. Yes, thank you. Um, the you look at the mo, you look at the, t- you know, 
when were they killed in the time of day? Like, what season, what factors, what race, what gender, what age, what, you know, all this stuff. And then you look at statistics of, for those types of victims, the types of people that are most likely to have mm-hmm. been the perpetrators. Yeah. And so you use all of that context yeah. to come up with a profile, quote-unquote, um, filled with quantifiable data and, you know, yeah. qualifiable, whatever. If you've is. ever seen Criminal um, Minds, it's just it Criminal Minds. That's what they yeah. do is profiling. Profiling is so interesting to me. I wish I had the brain to do it. I, I really have do, a couple books on it, it, and I've really tried to get into it for quite a long time, but it's it's hard. Um, but the way the way that this book does it is that these two characters profile and this one character, he like steps into the shoes of the of the 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 suspect. And so when he's profiling, he talks in a first person point of view and goes like, I, you know, I did this. I walk this. I look for this. I want okay. that. But then oh when gosh. this other character does the same thing, she steps into the victim's point of view and talks in <gasps> and talks in like you. So then she says, you walk in, you look this, you look for that. And it is one of the most incredible things I've ever that is read. so cool. So highly, highly, highly recommend the Natural series. There's four books. They're so, so good. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. I actually haven't really read a ton of other, like Jennifer Lynn's Barnes, Jennifer Lynn Barnes is a very established author. And I'm not gonna lie, I think I've only read like one other series of hers because I just love the natural so much. Like I need to read the other series, but. Doesn't she do the Inheritance Games Mm -hmm. trilogy? Yep. That's her? Yeah, I thought so. I have that first one. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't read it also just because I've really only ever been involved with the naturals. (laughs) I need someone to tell me which side of the love triangle wins in the end, but so many people will refuse to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm such a hater of love triangles that like I need to know before I get into it. So fair. Um, so I know who to root for. <laughs> so toxic, I know, but I need to find out before I start the book. So fair. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and I don't know yet, so we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Those are those are awesome. I do have several mystery books that like. I really want to read it, thriller, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. anywhere on that spectrum. But those sound really awesome. Yeah. You had a Hardy Boys phase. I had a Nancy Drew phase. Yep. Gotta love it. There are two types of people in this world. Hardy Boys and Nancy Drews. When they were in middle school. <laughs> did you read Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you ever read Encyclopedia Brown? No. Oh, love Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown. That was a good series, Honorable too. mention for middle school phases goes to warrior cats (laughs) i was just talking about that with somebody the other day (laughs) oh boy i never got into that and i'm kind of glad i didn't yeah i did (laughs) i wasn't weird about it okay let's just clarify (laughs) but i was very into it i don't remember if i owned the books if i did i don't own them anymore which is really sad (laughs) but i was super super into them um and they were good like oh i've heard good things about they were a little messed up but they were pretty good (laughs) in terms of the cats like ran run whatever society um there were a lot of messed up human like elements (laughs) but it was very good but yeah, so Nancy Drew, I think, definitely my favorite mystery. Probably the only mystery, but my favorite. Fair. Still counts. Um, I have a large collection of Nancy Drew. Uh, not a large collection of Nancy Drew. I have a large collection of Trixie Belden. <gasps> yes! Oh, I read Same her in vein. elementary school. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I never read her, 
but my grandmother had a giant collection. Her books were and very when she good. passed, my parents brought her collection back home. Me and my grandfather said I could have them. So I have her collection plus a few Nancy Drew books mm-hmm. that she owned. And last summer, not last summer, two summers ago, I went through a big phase of like reading them again. And they're so good. I I they're completely awesome. forgot about Trixie Belden. Oh my gosh, I just got flashbacks. <laughs> oh boy. That's how I feel about Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. Like just like the flashbacks. Like I can remember I don't remember the prefix like of the title because like every i'm sure the hardy boys titles are like this too mm-hmm. um but nancy drew titles are like the something yeah right and then of the or in the or some you know mm-hmm. that's like a key thing about the book yeah and so something larkspur lane i believe is the one i'm thinking of um there's like lavender like larkspur on the cover mm-hmm. um and i'm pretty sure that was a ghost one <laughs> i love the ghost ones there's also an old watch one clock tower maybe there's like some grandfather's attic anyway i love 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 those books mm-hmm. they're timeless oh so yeah timeless. um you know what i forgot to put down here classics oh yeah oh like yeah. where is jane Eyre? Mm. hello that's, like, my favorite classic ever. <laughs> totally not because I've been procrastinating reading Jane Austen for, of like, course ages. Not. Of course. If that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Um, or Lobies and the Alcott, because mm-hmm. I've never actually read Little Women. But I'm a fan of old books, uh, both literally and uh, reading-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of old books. Um, I have a early, early 20th century copy of the Iliad, the original Greek. Oh, Okay. And it is a very beat up copy, but it is hardcover, and she is still alive. And I'm staring Love at her it. right now. She's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I could never understand. I could never read it because I don't speak Greek, mm-hmm. um, ancient or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the Odyssey? No, no, it's the Iliad. Yeah, it's the Iliad. And I just I like old books in general. Oh um, yeah. Also Hamlet. I have to say Hamlet. Yeah. I freaking love Hamlet. Anyway, moving away from that, because if we start talking about Shakespeare, <laughs> I won't stop. <clears throat> but in terms of, like, other classics, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, go set a Watchman. And probably 80% of people have never heard of that book. Can't say I have. But you have heard of the first one, To Kill a Mockingbird. Ah. Uh. That is the first. Um, I know probably every American high schooler has probably read that. Mm. And this is the non-romance book that I was talking about. Gotcha. Um, this book has zero romance in it whatsoever. And um, it is probably the first of its kind that I read that made me cry. Oh. Because I, I mean, I'm a very emotional person. I'm a very romantic person. So I cry when I cry. It's when I read books. It's usually romance books. This one was the first one that had no romance in it at all that still just made me like keel over mm-hmm. because it is just so beautiful now to kill a mockingbird i don't need to give background information but it's this kid growing up in the 60s segregation not fun mm-hmm. um in alabama i believe is where it took place and so Ooh, yeah i don't remember right now yeah i think it's alabama anyway so most of us know how that ended mm-hmm. and her father's a lawyer Jem is her brother's name Scout and Gem. Ghost at a Watchman is a manuscript that Harper Lee... Is that her name? The author? Yes, I, I believe so. Yeah, Harper Lee. That was a manuscript that Harper Lee had in her vault. Harper Lee, um, you're at correct. The time of, 
at the time of her death, and her children decided to publish it. Um, I don't remember whether or not Harper Lee, like, didn't want it published, or she just hadn't published it yet. Gotcha. Or if she was, like, planning to and then changed her mind. Mm -hmm. So, I should actually research her wishes when it comes to this, but it is still one of my favorite books. It doesn't matter what she thinks about it, because she's dead. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Even though she wrote it. So, whatever. Um... But it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. It occurs maybe, oh gosh, Scout is like nine, ten, I think, mm-hmm. in the original book. You know, she's a kid. Yeah. What I love about that book is that it's entirely from the eyes of a child. Yeah. Who has not had the opportunity yet to grow up in a messed up world in a deeply flawed, racist South mm-hmm. in her time. Like her parents had, Mm -hmm. you know, and all this stuff. And so that's what I love about it because you see how simple it is, according to her. Yeah. Um, And so the second book keeps that tone. Oh. But she's now a 20-something woman who has gone to college in New York City. Uh Uh-huh. And the book is when she comes back to visit her father. Oh. Um, and she still doesn't understand and still doesn't agree with or basically her relationship with her father is still not yeah. what it used to be because of how she viewed all of the events of To Kill a Mockingbird as a child. She is still very, you know, socially speaking and like humanity wise, like her view on the world is still very much what it was like as a child, but now it has a lot of righteous anger in it because she's an adult and she knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she knows better. Mm-hmm. And she, basically her character is saying that, dad, you should have known better. Ah. And, you know, she says this to everybody. And so she interacts with a lot of the people in the original book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Boo Radley is still alive, but her aunt is in it again. I hate that woman. Um, her dad's in it. And so you have this, you know, I didn't read it when I was in college. I read it, I think, when I was, I want to say 16 or 17, and now I'm almost 20, and I'm in college, Mm -hmm. um, with a changing, not different, but changing relationship with my parents. Um, most of which is for the better, but there's a certain aspect that college students have to, you know, kind of step their, step into. Mm -hmm. As you become adults of your own making. Yeah. Of your own independence. And so both of us are in that right now. Mm-hmm. And realizing, you know, what that means for our family, especially our parents. And so both of us are lucky enough to have two parents. Scout only has one. Mm-hmm. And the one parent she has, she's not really that, you know. So now that I'm thinking about it, I should reread that book. Because it would definitely make me cry. Yeah, now I want to watch. Now, or, now, <laughs> like, I, now I want to read that. I need. To, I would yeah. need to reread *To Kill a Mockingbird* because it's been a while since I read it. And then, but <laughs> oh, that sounds really good. I mean, there's there's enough like memory, like on her side anyway, like sure. of what happened, um, that you could probably get away with not reading it. Yeah, again, you could probably <laughs> read the Wikipedia page, read the Spark Notes, yeah, and then just dive in. Yeah. Um, but it's a good book anyway, yeah. so I might give it sh- another, another it is, shot. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ghost of Watchmen is just... I think it's a very underrated book. Okay. Because obviously everybody knows To Kill a Mockingbird. For sure. But um, unless you know Harper Lee like and her work, because this was not the only thing she published. It's just what she's most well known for. Um, but yeah, that, that dichotomy of your own beliefs and your own morals and opinions, and then you revisit 
what your parents are like, you know, and so she goes through a lot of grief, um, so does your dad, and I don't think it has a very happy ending. I don't remember what it is, but mm. I don't think it's, like, you know, happy, if you will. For sure. But, uh, it made me cry at 16, so it would probably make me cry now. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I felt that. And I remember, uh, not shortly after I finished reading it, but somewhat shortly after I gifted it to my best friend at the time, and it was annotated. So I no longer have that in my possession, mm. so I will need to buy another copy. And re-annotate it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I wouldn't be able to get it back even if I wanted to, which is okay, but... It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Oh, yeah. I highly recommend. I, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of righteous anger, a lot of women's, you know, female rage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Harper Lee did not know it when she wrote it, but <laughs> it fits. So fair. So fair. On on the classic, something I forgot to list, which I actually really, really love, but I totally forgot, is Fahrenheit 451. I mean, classic book. Loved it. I mean, very apropos for the modern times. Um, and Do you not know why I have not heard of that one? Oh, it's oh, it's it's an incredible book. It's um, Ray Bradbury. Bradbury. Brad. Yes, I believe so. <gasps> oh my God! Really? Mm-hmm. I love that guy. Yeah, he's Fahrenheit four fifty one is the book about burning books. Oh my gosh! No. I have to Google him because I. I know I know him and I've read his other stuff, but I just need to know what I've read. So no. you keep going. Yeah. No. Uh. He. Uh, again, one of the few books that I read for school, Fahrenheit 451, is 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 like the 1984 Animal Farm, like those type of classic books. Same with yeah, yeah, same yeah. with To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird, I can't even put to words in that book. Like that's just one of the books that I everybody needs to read. Like it, 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 like I said, especially in modern times with just books and all that jazz. Like Fahrenheit 451 is incredible. It's it's a tough read sometimes. Like, but. It's 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 about the like the firefighter with burning books and all that all that stuff and just oh it is it is incredible it is an incredible book so I know I know him from something I'm trying to look it up mm-hmm. yes okay so he wrote the Velt which is kind of gothic kind of horror kind of sci-fi mm-hmm. it's more gothic and sci-fi I've read it before what is this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Velt, uh, it's a short story about um, this family, George and his wife and their two kids. And they live in a world where technology is way more advanced. And so their children have grown up with a lot of technological assistance Mm -hmm. when it comes to, like, you know, personal hygiene, dishes, kitchen things, literally, you know, shoelaces, very small things like that Mm -hmm. that are very important for children to know not just for fine motor function but just like you know growing up as adults Mm -hmm. functional ones and so their house is basically what we would think of as a smart house Mm -hmm. you know like everything is anything that could be automated is automated gotcha and their nursery is kind of like what we would think of like as a vr Mm. where you put on a headset and you're put into this world but this is just when you walk into the room um, and your imagination fuels the images on the walls. Oh. And it feels 3D. You can, the light changes, the sound changes, the noise changes. I already said noise, sound, whatever. Mm-hmm. The scent, you know, like it's very high tech. And the nursery itself, I don't know if it becomes self-aware, but the children start spending more time in their imagination 
in the nursery um, in an African safari, mm-hmm. which has a lot of violent lions in it. Yeah. And so as the story progresses, you know, the parents are worried about the psychology of their children. Um, there's this doctor that's brought in. The parents, you know, threaten to shut down the nursery, all of this stuff. It ends with basically the children and the nursery tricking the parents and the psychologist into getting in the nursery and the lions basically can like eat them alive oh boy like they become like they come to life so psychologically wise like science fiction wise it is it's like it's a masterpiece Mm -hmm. so i have yeah 455 fahrenheit 455 is that what it's called 451 451 anyway whatever yeah um yes 451 that's the significance of the book i'm sure but i don't know the significance yeah so yeah i imagine that i i I, I like ray bradbury's stuff yeah, no, I would very much recommend it. Very, very good. Um, and yeah, no, actually, actually, good, good school read. Like, like, you know, sometimes they pick dumb books, but oh, Fahrenheit four fifty one, good <laughs> school read. Yeah, yeah, the the Velt was a a school read for um a horror literature class and uh, intro to creative writing. Nice, nice. So I got to read it multiple times. Cool. It's really, it's it's pretty awesome. All right, I will I will check it out. Go add it, add it to yeah. my metaphorical and physical list. <laughs> and I can't believe I forgot to mention um, that one of my other favorite books is The Deck I've Been Handed. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Ah, gee. Ah, shucks. <laughs> um, I love Tafode as well. I have to give an honorable mention. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but The Deck I've Been Handed is just, ah, so good. And I'm, like, 99% sure that I already bought myself a copy, but, like, I can't find it anywhere, so <laughs> I'm second-guessing <laughs> if I actually bought it, because I'm like, what? Like, where would it go, mm-hmm. first of all? But I'm notorious for losing things, let alone losing books. So fair. So, like, did I really, did I actually buy it, or, because, yeah, I don't know. No, that's so um, fair. So I need to, like, investigate and see if I actually have it. Um, if I don't, I need to buy it because... Ah, oh, gee. Ah, oh, <laughs> Hello. But, um, I mean, I beta read it. No, I read it, like, twice because I read it first. You offer it in beta. The betas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I've read it plenty, but I just don't, like, have a physical copy. So fair. That's, that's so good. Hands. That's so fine. And I need one. <laughs> See, I have to mention Breaking Free. I'll give you this: Breaking Free, incredible, I think you did. a masterpiece. No, 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 no. <laughs> incredible, a masterpiece. Loved Breaking Free. However, the way he However. broke me is my favorite. Is my favorite. Love it, Thank hands you. down. Love Breaking Free, but the way he broke me is <clears throat> broke me. It's the book two thing. Broke me, uh, yeah, book twos. It's the book two thing. It's book twos. That's it. That's <laughs> it's always the book twos. <laughs> Yep. That's what that's yep, what yep, that's yep. what I'm gonna title this episode. Always the book twos. Or always the that's second. A good, that's books. a good title. Always that's the second title. books. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, hey, Finnick came in the second book on the Hunger Games series. Okay, so. but I don't like Finnick. That that's 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 the guy who You like, don't like Finnick? Was that was that the was that the other um no, who was who was the, the yeah the no, other I promise you you'd like Finnick. In, in the love triangle I know you with Katniss? 
No, it was Gail. That's the other guy. Oh, oh, thank you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I was like, sorry. I'm... I was ready to consider some things. No, no, you're good. Okay, you can't just say shit like that. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I had mixed him up with Gail. Yes, there we go. Sorry, I was like, no, that's I was the like, one. Wait a second, this doesn't sound right. Why do you know? Like, yeah, Finnick? no, 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 no. Yes, no. Finnick, Finnick is incredible. No, this makes perfect sorry, sense. I thought that thank was you. the guy who was like competing with Peta. I was like, God, no. No, 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 no. no, no. That's Gail. We don't like Gail. No, Gail's yes. crusty. There we go. There we go. Ugh. There we go. I don't like that's correct. Yes, my bad. Don't mean to scare you guys. <laughs> I was I was like hold on. Yeah. <laughs> something something was wrong there. But that's okay. I, I promise them. Yeah, I promise amazing. Okay, but. And Nikolai, Nikolai came into the second book yes. in Channel Alone. Yes. So it's always hey, always. I mean Alec also qualifies for this because always the he second book in the first book, but like he was he's a protag in the second book, so it's always the second book boys. Always. Always the second so, books. You know, Heck yep. yeah. That is what we have for our favorite books. And I mean, come tell us your favorite books, because obviously we want to know, of course. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the first episode of season two. Thank you for listening. Stick around if you want to hear more about our current projects and what's happening in the writing community. What are you up to, Larissa? Uh, well, we're both back at school. We are. Super sad. But, um... I have been maintaining a somewhat steady interest in my fanfictions that I'm writing. Heck yeah. So that has been awesome. Um, I, over break, I realized, also over break because we weren't doing episodes. Um, so this is new for podcast people too. Um, but over break, I've like realized that, um, book three is just such a gigantic task. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started kind of, sort of half-assing you know whatever the outline for it i came up with a lot more um but i think it's gonna have to wait until the summer okay that yeah. i really like that's fair. down which is like so annoying because <laughs> i want to do it already <laughs> but it's just like it's a thing that consumes my whole being mm -hmm. and i need to have that time to really give it the attention it deserves for sure and it is the third book out of five book series, so I gotta make it count. Mm-hmm. Getting close. And I need to... Yeah, and the, the... The most difficult part of book three, because I have most of it figured out already, mm -hmm. um, I only have a very few small spots that need more elaboration on the outline. Um, the most difficult part of book three is going to be deciding when it ends. I see. And the plot, because that will decide... What happens in book four, how long it takes, and I'm not going to notice, I'm not going to know, rather, um, when to end book three until I get there. Mm -hmm. uh, I know enough about the book, I know enough about myself, and I've done this a few times now, mm -hmm. so I know that, like, <laughs> um, this is not going to, it's not going to be solved yeah. other than actually doing it, mm -hmm. which is a little difficult. So I'm thinking over the summer... That I can start, you know, really doing that outline, really writing it, really getting in there. Yeah. And hopefully by the end of the summer, before school starts again, I will have gotten somewhat steady feedback, chapter by chapter. Yeah. For how things go, for pacing. I'll probably ask MC about it, to be honest, because mm -hmm. I don't want you to have a spoiler. Oh, I can't spoil it All at once. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are um, there are some hurdles, but... Yeah. They they will be they will be tackled. Heck yeah. Just not right now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs>
I love it. I'm so are here for it. Are you working on your poetry? On your what are you working on? Um, Clips, kind of, what are you doing? kind of a little bit of both. Currently, neither. Um, I have been completely <laughs> overwhelmed with coming back to school. I'm in my senior year, so I'm counting coming yeah. down to the wire and i've got a new internship that has taken up pretty much all of my time so far so it has been really hard to work on anything writing related and honestly even be active on social media so i will be back one of these days but not quite yet um and and then i'll be doing this and i've also been i have fallen completely in love with doing improv comedy so i have been doing quite a bit of that <laughs> um so my time's a little spent right now. But I wish I could just like be there and watch you do it because that would be like the coolest we, thing ever. We might be filming some of these at some point. So if we are, um, I'll send them to you. So um, yes, I'm a I'm a comedy girl. I love... don't think anyone on the podcast knows it, but I'm I'm a big stand up fan. Yeah, and I love doing comedy, so this works out really well. Um, but Woo-hoot. but yeah, so I've you been for my watch. Yeah, my, um, my, my time has been pretty occupied with quite a few things, but I'm working very slowly on a new poetry thing that I have no official plans for, and I have a novella, um, the B&E, which I've talked about for a very long time. I recently just replotted again, but... I'm really, really happy with how this replot went, and I have to go take my index cards and put them on the replot to, like, make sure everything fits in. But if I do that, which, not gonna lie, I kind of want to do tonight, we'll see how it goes and what happens. But if I do that, then I have a completely solidly plotted out book, um, which is nuts, because I haven't had one of those in a while. So I have, again, no end goal for that one currently, because I have no time to work on it, but... I yeah. will have time this summer, so potentially I can hardcore start writing this summer. So we'll see. But um, that's that's what I'm doing. And yeah, very exciting stuff. Very exciting. Actually, I have a copy of what I have so far sent to you. So far, like it should be it should be in your inbox. If it's not, I'll resend it to you. I feel like it. I don't know. Okay. If not, I'll I'll reshare yes, it. I think I do have mm-hmm. it. I just like completely forgot about it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no worries. Well, I know what I'm reading tonight. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, we <laughs> you know what you're re- writing. I, I know what I'm reading. We got it. We got it figured out. So. Well, thank you guys as always for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this first episode of season two. And if you do, please leave a review and rate us and share and tell your yeah. friends and you know make us popular. You know, we're trying our best, but <laughs> we like our fans. So yeah, yeah, we do. We don't have anybody else to talk about today. No. Uh. In our season two, we want to kind of uh, do some little rundowns of what's happening in the community, what other authors and writers are doing. So we don't have time to do that today, but we will uh, later on, and we'll plan for that. But uh, and if you know somebody who's yeah, if you know somebody who's doing something cool, let us know, and we'll give them a shout out yeah. on the podcast. Or if you're doing yeah. something cool, this is one of the few times Absolutely. where self promotion is allowed. So <laughs> absolutely. So if you're doing something cool, yeah, let us have know. Somebody in mind to mention next episode. So yeah, mm-hmm. another fellow podcaster. Ooh. So. Alrighty. Uh-huh. Well, thank you guys, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. You can give us a follow over on Twitter at BNHD, the books pod, behind without the vowels, for live updates and contact with us. And you can rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 
If you want to support me on Instagram, you can find me at larissagault.author and my books and links at www.larissagaultauthor.com. And you can find me on Instagram at LJ underscore writes with two S's. This podcast is hosted by Larissa Galt and LJ Elizabeth, edited by LJ Elizabeth with music by Larissa Galt. Logo is designed by Susan Markloff.